E-Town Hall in the foothills of the Rocky Mountains. It's E-Town. Our musical guests this week include from Stratford, Ontario, Canada, Ron Sexsmith, and from Boston, Massachusetts, the Ballroom Thieves. I'm Helen Forster. Join me now in welcoming our host, Nick Forster. Thank you. Thank you, Helen. Uh, welcome, everybody. You know, it's been kind of a blustery day, as Winnie the Pooh used to say, <laughs> which means it has been incredibly windy here in Boulder, more weird weather for us. In fact, for most of us, we've been experiencing some weird weather. But we are safe and sound here at E-Town Hall, and we're ready to have some fun. Our guests this week have a few things in common. We've got some singer-songwriters who are candid and poetic and uh, melodic and creative and they have done all the things they had to do to express themselves in an honest way. Um, I know that Ron Sexsmith is here. He's written so many songs, made a lot of records over the last 35 years or so. Great songs. The Ballroom Thieves are here. Uh, New England-based duo who uh, also are not afraid to set some pretty dark themes to some pretty cheerful sounding music. And when I say not afraid, I mean that because there is fear in expressing yourself candidly. Um, there's even more fear if you try your hardest and then people still don't like it, then you're really screwed. So um, our guests this week have overcome their fears in order to do what they do. In fact, one of our guests this week overcame her fear of sharks that she was exposed to when she saw the movie Jaws when she was a kid and dedicated her life then to learning how to overcome that fear and understand sharks better and understand marine ecosystems. And that's been her job, which she'll talk to us about a little later on. Anyway, Martin Early and Callie Peters are a duo in every sense of the word. They are musical partners, life partners, creative partners, and they're here to play some songs from their fourth record, which is called Clouds, as well as others. But here they are as a duo. Please welcome to E-Town for their first visit, the Ballroom Thieves. It's a real pleasure to be here at E-Town. Um, thanks to Nick and Helen for having us and for everyone here for welcoming us with open arms. It's been a joy. Pour down 
shoulder for the weeping suns and moons to spin me through the year. What I got was less a reason for the speaking, a Himalaya of dishonesty, a Niagara of deceit. I still wilt in the glare of your failing. Excited to have Nick and the E-Tones, Jonas, if that's all right with you all. We planned it all out, so even if it wasn't all right with you, we're going to do it.
so I went diving for a song, but it all took too long. Now I'm treading water. and welcome Ballroom Thieves. Martin and Callie, thanks for being with us. And um, let me just do a little background. So Martin, you grew up in Switzerland and then moved to Maine when you were a kid, is that right? Yeah, that's yeah. right. And Callie, you're a Boston girl, Berkeley College of Music, all that. That's right. Yeah. And you joined a band, you got in a band together. How long after that did you guys fall in love? It was right away for me. It was right away. Yeah. 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 But then I waited two years to do something about it. Yeah. I had to convince him. We were one of those bands that made a rule. No relationships no, in the band. No dating in the band. And yeah. it, as it turns out, it's usually the people who make that rule that end up yeah. being in a relationship. 
and the band did well. Ballroom Thieves, you did the whole thing. You played Newport and other festivals. You toured. You made records. You did all the stuff. Yeah. All the stuff. <laughs> and then, as I understand it, there was a pre-pandemic car accident in Wyoming, and then the whole world shut down. Yeah, we had a tough couple weeks there, <laughs> followed by a tough couple of years. That was a big challenge. Was it big enough to where either of you thought, oh, okay, I guess the universe is telling us we got to go get day jobs or anything like that? Yeah, it was a very dark period. One of the things that we really learned through the pandemic and through being stuck at home for so long is that we really want to do this and we, we yeah. love this so much and we can't not do it. And I think in a way it took getting off the road to fully realize that and to just cement that thought in our minds. Right. No, I think if there is an upside to a global pandemic, it was certainly that most of us got to kind of get off the hamster wheel for a minute and just reprioritize and see what's going on. That's totally right. You don't really get to stop touring being a musician, there's always right. something like eight months away. So you're always going. So it was nice. Um, and you have a new EP coming out before too long in yeah. May. And um, this sort of duo format is different because you had the, the power and the glory of the full rhythm section experience and big crowds and selling out rooms in Boston and doing that big band sound. And now it's the two of you touring is that an adjustment is it sweeter and a little more exposed and it's exactly what you're saying yeah it's more exposed for sure it's very fun for us to get to talk to the audience a lot more we tell a lot more stories mm -hmm. that's cool and the ep does that reflect your new duo-ness fully duo okay EP. cool and i also want to just mention that at least on your website you talk about the more challenging aspects of going through the blues in its various flavors and shapes, and addressing that candidly, which I know your audience must relate to as well. We talk a lot about depression. Which itself is a tough word to even say. Yeah. It's a stigma around it. I think it could help if more people could talk about depression and maybe just hear that we are depressed and that's okay. And yeah. everybody has generational trauma, everybody. So yeah. everybody's struggling, yeah. even if you don't have depression. You're all struggling. You're all there. struggling. Yeah. If you're listening to this right now, Isn't that nice? you're struggling. Sorry. Well, uh, and so for the rest of the songs you've chosen for this evening, are there some chipper ones in there somewhere? Oh, no. No, okay. <laughs> well, listen, we're going to find out. So let's get back to music. Welcome back, if you would, the Ballroom Thieves. Is it clear to see that now in the driving rain? 
so much. Ballroom Thieves, Martin Early, Callie Peters. Latest record's called Clouds, out on Network Records. They'll be back play some more music later on in the show. Your visit to E-Town is made possible in part by the Scientific and Cultural Facilities District, or SCFD, one of the largest cultural funding mechanisms in the United States, supporting nearly 300 organizations in the greater Denver area. By the way, as a reminder for your viewing pleasure, there are over 2,000 videos on the E-Town YouTube channel, where you can also subscribe in order to stay up to date with our latest video offerings. You're listening to E-Town. Callie. I'm Nick Forster. This is E-Town. The Ballroom Thieves are going to be back later on in the show. And coming up, Ron Sexsmith, wonderful Canadian singer and songwriter from uh, St. Catharines originally, now living in Stratford, Ontario. He'll be up after a bit. Um, I mentioned earlier 
the uh, fear of self-expression or the fear of being candid or the fear of being honest and sort of exploring those fears as creative people. Our next guest has turned her fear of sharks from watching the movie Jaws when she was a kid into a lifelong curiosity about sharks, their patterns, health, the overall state of the oceans in general. Um, she's now a biologist specializing in endangered species and natural resources and marine ecosystems. She's had all kinds of adventures. She's done over 40 undersea expeditions all over the world. She's the executive director of Ocean First Institute, which is a nonprofit dedicated to marine research, conservation, and education. She's also a national fellow of the Explorers Club. Pretty big stuff. So please welcome to E-Town, Dr. Mickey McComb-Kobza. Mickey, welcome to E-Town. Thank you so much. I'm so happy to be here. Did I make that up about Jaws and you being scared about all that stuff? Nope, it's true. It's true. It's absolutely true. And what flipped the switch for you? How did you go from being terrified to being fascinated of sharks? It's kind of a funny story. So I grew up here in Colorado, and in the summer of 1975, I went to go see the movie Jaws with my older brother and walked out of there changed forever. I was absolutely terrified of sharks. Wow. So I had a big shark problem. And the only way that I knew to overcome that was to read about sharks. And I devoured wow. everything I could about sharks. And I fell in love with them. That fascination has never left me. And of course, studying about sharks led you into the entirety of, of ocean marine life and, and health and so on. Absolutely. I mean, sharks are like dinosaurs. You know, they're really exciting and people can relate to them. And so to tell the story of the shark really allows me, you know, the opportunity to talk about the ocean and some of the issues that are facing the ocean and how each and every one of us can be part of the solution. So education is a big part of what you're doing. It really is. You know, sharks are older than the dinosaurs. They're older than trees. And to be able to understand wow. what it's like to look into their eyes, you're, you're looking back in time as to all of the amazing adaptations that have shaped these animals. So to share that wonder yeah. is a privilege. And young people, uh, it resonates well with them. Yeah. And it's never gone terribly wrong where a kid has gotten gobbled or anything like that. <laughs> No, no, I've taken a lot of uh, students with me. Uh, we scuba dive with sharks. We measure them with lasers. Kids come up after a scuba dive with sharks, and they're they're hooting and hollering, and they're they're going crazy. And you know, they thought, oh, I was going to be really scared, and and they're not, and they're excited, and that switch turns, and they become advocates. Uh, it's just great. It's great to see that. That's so cool. And what is happening with shark populations in general? Well, what you might not know is uh, sharks have been around for over 440 million years, and there are over 500 different species of sharks swimming in the ocean today. And unfortunately, about a third of those species are threatened with extinction. And the main culprit is overfishing. And so really, it's our charge now to understand that sharks are similar to the wolves of Yellowstone, which we know when we remove wolves from Yellowstone, it changed the entire ecosystem because they're keystone species. They have a disproportionate impact on the system. Well, sharks are the wolves of the sea. And that's why it's so critical for us to work towards their conservation. Yeah. In case you just tuned in, you're listening to E-Town. My guest is Dr. Mickey McComb-Kobza. Um, 
you're also working with microplastics and helping educate kids about that. And that's throughout all waterways, not just in the ocean, right? Yeah. So uh, one of the big issues facing the ocean is plastic pollution. So we've probably all heard about the garbage patch and that we've got uh, tons and tons of plastics entering the ocean. But what you might not know is that we also have this issue right here in the Rocky Mountains. So I started a program about three years ago where we're taking high school students out and they're looking in Colorado rivers and streams for microplastics. So plastic never breaks down. It just goes into smaller and smaller pieces. It never disappears. And so when we go into the streams here in Colorado and the sediment, we find microplastics and microfiber in nearly every sample we collect. We even find it in the snow pack, the snow melt. Um, so it's a disturbing thing, but the great thing is it's something that we can all work on to change, and it's a way for us to understand the issues facing the ocean today. And really, it's about our consumption and the choices that we make every day. As consumers, just buying different things. Absolutely. Yeah. So, you know, washer sheets, things that yeah. go into your dryer, all those kinds of things are really important because if we all do it, um, then we're going to put pressure on those companies to make a change. Yeah. And of course, this is a headwater state, so our water's travel a long distance and wind up elsewhere. Um, I know that we're talking about all kinds of dark, not dark, but just things that are declining largely because of our impact as humans and consumers. Anything good going on out there? Any kind of like, any good stories happening out there in yeah. the oceans? Well, you know, there is. Um, so for the last three years, I've been working on great white sharks on the northeast coast of the Atlantic. And what we found is their numbers are increasing. And that's because the United States has really good management. The Marine Mammal Protection Act, uh, which was enacted in the 70s, has allowed uh, seals to really rebound, and that's their food. And so in the Northeast Atlantic, we're seeing white shark populations come back to healthy levels. And although people may be a little bit nervous about that, um, it's a yeah. great thing to have these animals back in the numbers in which they should be. And it's a trend for us to say that good management is possible. The ocean is resilient if yeah. we give it a chance. Yeah. And that means that the ecosystem is healthier. If the sharks are back, that means the entirety of the, the balance of that ecosystem is better. And so ultimately that means fisheries will come back in those areas too? Absolutely. Yeah. You know, it's all about biodiversity. And when we really fight for biodiversity, in the end, we're helping ourselves. Yeah. And so you bring a lot of kids out to these programs. How many kids have you had in your program so far? Well, you know, I'm happy to say that, you know, our small ragtag organization, which has been around since 2014, um, we've been able to serve over 350,000 students with our programs. And so we, we work hard. Thank yeah. you. Wow. And, um, and for anybody listening who wants to learn more, is there a website where people can go and see what you're up to? Oceanfirstinstitute.org. And we're also on social media. Um, you can find us on Instagram and Facebook. So check us out. Oceanfirstinstitute.org. Yes. Yeah, cool. Well, thanks so much for being here. Thanks so much for sharing the information. Once again, my guest, Dr. Mickey McComb-Kobza, director you so much. of Ocean First Institute, educator, explorer, advocate. Thank you, Mickey. Thank you. We've got more music coming up, as I mentioned, from the Ballroom Thieves in a little bit. Right now, let me tell you what's next. Ron Sexsmith. He grew up in the town of St. Catharines, Ontario. He began performing cover songs early on. He released a cassette of original songs back in 1986. He went on to release, um, I don't know, 16 or 17 more records since then. He's contributed songs to tribute records to people like Guy Clark and Ray Davies and Nick Lowe. He wrote a novel. 
He won a bunch of Juno Awards. He's had his songs recorded by people like Rod Stewart and Emmylou Harris, Feist, Katie Lang, Elvis Costello, Nick Lowe. And somehow many of us here in the States have not been familiar with him, even after all that. So he's got all the stuff. He's a really good singer, guitar player, writer. He's got a great ear for melody. And he's here. He's here on his own to sing some songs from his newest record, which is called The Vivian Line. He'll also do some older songs. Please welcome to E-Town for his first visit, Ron Sexsmith. As you look out on this morning Your eyes will return To their former glory Though the cold north wind may blow It's all sound and fury And the summer will return In its former glory Everything will be just like you remember Today won't look as bad as it seemed Though love's become a dying ember It will burn brighter than you ever dreamed For the day is coming soon You don't have to worry Your light will return In its former glory Everything will be just like you remember Today won't look as bad as it seemed And though love's become a dying ember It will burn brighter than you ever dreamed For the day is coming soon You don't have to worry Your light will return In its former glory Well, your light will return The summer will return And your hearts will rise again In its former glory Well, thank you very much. This next tune uh, is from my previous record, which was called Hermitage, with a very unfortunate name for a song, which is uh, You Don't Want to Hear It, is the name of the song. Uh, 
Anyway, it goes like this. spirit of love you don't want to hear it now just like you to be that way it's just like you to say you've heard enough your heart just won't go near it now whoa, whoa. while you're not listening you're missing out on something real but if that's how you feel Don't say I never told you so Days are getting colder, you know You don't want to hear it now mm. Say you've got a wounded heart Not dealing is the easy part So you don't You don't want to listen now But music is an olive branch It's a message in a bottle, yeah But you won't You won't know what you're missing out on Why you're pretending The ending's breaking your own heart But that's how you are Don't wanna be a thorn in your side don't say I never warned you I tried You don't want to hear it now Smith, so glad you're here. Um, beautiful songs. Love hearing you sing and play. Thank you. And um, like certain songwriters, I think about Brian Wilson or Harry Nilsson or, or, or Paul McCartney or Nick Lowe or certain songwriters who find ways to use unusual chord changes and make them sound so natural. Is it the melody line that kind of leads you towards those chord changes or how does that happen? I was a courier for a long time. I walk in courier in Toronto. But I wrote many of the songs from my first album on the job. Because yeah. when I'm walking, 
I find I, I just automatically start humming. Yeah. So I get these melodies coming to me, and I, I sing them to myself and sort of commit them to memory. Wow. And oftentimes the melody will come with a piece of lyric, like a phrase or something. Wow. And then before, when I had my courier job, I had two small kids, and I'd come home, and, and we lived in a one-bedroom house, and I'd have to wait for them to be in bed, finally, to get to my guitar and sort of figure out what I've been singing all day. I think it's great, and you're yeah. absolutely right about sort of doing enough with your body so that you can kind of disengage your normal thought process and leave it open for inspiration and the muse and whatever comes. Yeah. And it's interesting that the courier job spawned your songwriting much in the same way that John Prine's job when he was a mailman in Chicago helped him sort of launch his songwriting career. We talked about that once. I really? was opening for John. Because <laughs> he would, every time I would see him, he'd, he'd go, how do you write those melodies, right? And I'm thinking, you're John Prine. <laughs> you're no slouch in the melody yeah. department, you know? But um, he was just such a nice, sweet person, you know? Yeah. And, and, and when you were growing up, did you have um, artists, songwriters, singers that you that sort of lit you up on some level well buddy holly was the first wow i loved elvis but he was so good looking whereas buddy holly i thought well i could sort of make that work <laughs> i got glasses yeah you know what i mean so um so i always related to buddy holly more yeah you know yeah that's so cool yeah um and you know i know that in i know that in some circles, it was almost an insult to say to a musician, wow, um, you're, I understand you're really big in Japan, or something like that. It was like, you can't make it here, but there's this, this obscure audience that, you've dis that has discovered you and has decided they're passionate about your music. Yeah. But for you, um, the UK and Ireland have really embraced you in ways, I mean, if you headlined and sold out Royal Albert Hall, your tour in Ireland upcoming is, is sold out, you're playing to places where everybody knows all the words to all your songs. And um, it's a tradition in Ireland, of course, words and language and songs and stories are mm -hmm. deeply ingrained into that culture. So that is far from an insult to say, mm -hmm. you know, it's rocking for you over there in Ireland and England. When I came out in 95 in America, I was already old, I was like 31 already, you know. And I didn't sound like Eddie Vedder, I didn't have the look or the sound, so I didn't really expect to get much radio. Yeah. But for some reason, at that same time in the UK, I was in all the magazines and all that stuff, and yeah. so I, we kind of shifted our focus over there. And and um, yeah, we, you know, we we did Royal Albert Hall, which I never thought would ever happen. And um, and all these people have recorded your songs. Mm -hmm. And of all of them, is there one that you're particularly blown away by, or think, oh my God, this it's a great cover, and it's one of my favorite artists, or anything like that? I really like Leslie Fice's version of my song Secret Heart. Um, so I like that. I mean, Emmylou Harris did a nice version of a song called Hard Bargain, and I got to sing it with her a few years back at uh, Mariposa Folk Festival yeah. up in Toronto. You yeah. sang with Leonard Cohen? Sang with Leonard. Yeah, and you've done a bunch of stuff. Yeah, I had breakfast with Paul McCartney once. That was pretty cool. <laughs> so, yeah. And, and Linda, when Linda was still alive, yeah. too. Yeah. I bet they uh, didn't eat bacon. They had a, a form of bacon that wasn't actually bacon. Yeah, yeah. some tofu bacon. Tofu bacon, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, listen, there's so many things uh, to talk about. It's really great, Ron, to have you here and to sort of just get to hear you and know you a little bit. Thank um, you. And congratulations, because ultimately, the one thing you've done consistently for decades is you've worked. You've made stuff. Thank you. And uh, I think it's really impressive. I'm a survivor. What's that song? <laughs> <laughs> well, let's struggle. get back to music. Welcome back, right. if you would, right. Ron Sexsmith. 
Thank you very much. Well, now, the band The E-Tones are kind enough to learn one of my songs, and this is another one from my new record. Are we ready? I've always seen school days through September eyes Could never concentrate Could never memorize All the blackboard figures and facts Oh how I felt of summertime It was what I
and antiquated I belong in the past The future's uncertain and today can't last Old-fashioned, I'm bald a dashing Every newfangled trend Can't seem to go with the flow It just don't make sense And I don't fit in Outdated and antiquated The thoughts in my head They're all on their phones While I write poems instead Endangered and getting stranger Eccentric and older Each day my disc player and I might Take a stroll Well, time takes its toll But I'm relevant to myself And I'm stubborn to the core Go on and see for yourself They just don't make them like me anymore Can't get with the program unlike all the rest Here I stand in the Saliano, St. Vincent de Paul If you'd promise you'll take me with my faults and all I'll be your dog, la 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 Cause I'm vintage in mint condition I was meant for you Thank you. Ron Sexsmith, along with E-Tones, Christian Teal, Adam Bodine, Kevin Johnson, Helen Forrester. The record's called The Vivian Line, out on Cooking Vinyl. Ron Sexsmith from Stratford, Ontario, in Canada. He'll be back at the very end for our big finale. This portion of E-Town is made possible by the Bohemian Foundation, building stronger communities through the Bohemian qualities of creativity and imagination. On the web at bohemianfoundation.org. You're listening to E-Town. Nick Forster, like to say hello to our listeners who are hearing E-Town on stations like KNBA in Anchorage, Alaska, 
on WRFA in Jamestown, New York, and on KBAC down in Santa Fe, New Mexico. As always, if you want some more information about any of the things we're up to here at E-Town, all that stuff is online. You can also subscribe to our YouTube channel or the podcasts, and you can do all that stuff. You can stay up to date. I think there's more than well above 100,000 subscribers on our YouTube channel already, so keep it going. We appreciate it. Um, okay, so, so far we have been discussing how our guests are courageous and they don't walk away from the scary stuff. They went straight at it and found who they really were, which is awesome. Anyway, we have a special collaboration uh, with all our guests coming up. And uh, right now we're going to expand, build on the uh, duo that was so great before. But please welcome back to the stage, if you would, the Ballroom Thieves. Let's get Helen back out here, too. This next one's called I Lose, and it's about losing your mind a little bit from time to time. Anyone here lose their mind a little bit from time to time? Yeah. Statistically, there's more of you than that, but uh, I get it. some friends The fire escape is a balcony I can pretend I lose my mind again I
and the E-Tones, everybody. That's the Ballroom Thieves, Martin Early, Callie Peters, along with the E-Tones. The record's called Clouds, out on Network Records. Ballroom Thieves. We have time for one more song. We're going to get everybody out here on stage and do one more song for you. I want to thank all our guests this week. Of course, thanks to uh, the Ballroom Thieves, Callie and Martin, uh, now living up in Maine. So glad they could make it. I want to thank our interview guest, Dr. Mickey McComb-Kobza, helping young people understand the power and glory of uh, sharks and the marine ecosystems they live in. Special thanks to Ron Sexsmith. Thanks to the E-Tones. Thanks to Helen Forster. We're going to leave you with uh, one more song. This is a famous song. It's one we've never played before as a finale. Thanks for listening. I'm Nick Forster. Hope you can be with us next week right here in E-Town.
surrounded by the sound, sound of cattle in the marketplace, scatterings and orphanages. He looks around, around, sees angels in the architecture, spinning in infinity, says, Amen, hallelujah. If you be my bodyguard, I can be a long-lost pal. This is a production of E-Town. Okay, there you have it. Canadian singer-songwriter Ron Sexsmith, Ballroom Thieves, and Dr. Mickey McComb-Kobza. I'm Nick Forrester. Thank you for listening.